here is you'll notice on our missions month, it will be benefiting again uh, the LCMC, the Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ, and that is as a result of a member um, asking, requesting that we do uh, another month for them. So uh, I know that the LCMC staff uh, on a shoestring budget and very, very uh, slim number of people will be very grateful for any help that uh, uh, we are able to give to them. So thank you for that. And then I'll let you read the rest of them. I wanted to share a story that I heard on the radio this week, and it was from um, Willie Jordan, who is the widow of, um, is it Frank Jordan? Fred Jordan, Fred Jordan. And she told a little story to make a point, and it really fits in to the service, the sermon, the lecture today. And that is the story of uh, the elephant and the flea. Have you heard this one? Because if you have, I'll let you tell it. But the elephant and the flea. And so once upon a time, there was an elephant and a flea, and they were really great friends, best of friends. They loved each other's company. In fact, they were never separated. And one day, as they were walking along, they came to an old rickety bridge, the kind of bridge where some of the places where you step that span are held by rope, they're missing and cracked, and it doesn't look good. You remember, you know those kind of bridges? You've seen them maybe in Disney and, you know, those kind of things. And this bridge crosses a large canyon cavern that is a thousand feet down below, and they walk across it together. And it is swaying, and it is doing this, and it's creaking and cracking, and parts of it are falling down, but they make it across. And the flea says to his friend, the elephant, did you notice how much we caused that bridge to sway? And the point is this. With God, all things are possible. With us, nothing is. When we take credit for making the bridge sway back and forth, it really isn't us. It's God. When things happen that are to his glory, that's where we need to be pointing our finger, to God in his glory, to Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. And I think that'll make a little bit more sense today. All right, Tim, help us.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are known and all desires are known, from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, that we may worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain. 
whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh Lord, keep your family, the church, continually in the true faith that relying on the hope of your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, and can be found on page uh, 1068 in the Pew Bible. Uh, Isaiah was most likely a scribe in the royal palace in Jerusalem when he received his uh, vision from God. Isaiah 6, 1 through 13. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filling the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. They were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among the people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hands, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt, has, what's, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. 
And he said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they will see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, Lord? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitants, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid to waste. But as the terebinth and the oak leaf stumps, when they were cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. We'll read Psalm 138 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. This psalm by David gives thanksgiving for an answered prayer. We must remember to have thanksgiving and be an integral part of our praise to God. Psalm 138. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple, and I will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly, though the lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. The next reading is taken from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 14, verses 12 through 20, and can be found on page 1788 in the Pew Bible. Although Paul spoke in tongues, here he stresses the prophecy or preaching because it benefits the whole church, while speaking in tongues primarily benefits only the speaker. 1 Corinthians 14, 12 through 20. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in tongues should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in spirit, how can someone else who is now put into the position of inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You are giving thanks enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. 
Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from St. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and it can be found on page 1597 in your pew Bible. Luke records, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down, and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, We've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this. He fell at his knees, at Jesus' knees, and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, and they left everything, and they followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. At first glance, there may not seem to be a whole lot of similarity between the Old Testament reading from Isaiah this morning, Isaiah 6, 1 through 13, and the gospel for today, Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. For example, 
Isaiah finds himself in the temple. And Peter is out on a lake. And Isaiah has angels and smoke. And Peter has a crowd of people and an ordinary sky. Isaiah sees the Lord God sitting on his throne. And Peter sees Jesus sitting in a boat. So at first glance, these two scenes don't seem to have very much in common at all. In fact, when we examine these two events a little more closely, though, we find many similarities. Both Isaiah and Peter have an encounter with the living God, and they both experience the terror of God's holy presence. They both receive forgiveness. And then they both receive a commission from God to take, a, take God's message to the people. And in both cases, we see that God has special ways of choosing his messengers, of sending his messengers. Isaiah saw God's glory. He saw the Lord on the throne. He saw angels flying in God's presence. He heard the voices of the angels proclaim the holiness of God. And the proclamation was so powerful that the foundations of the temple shook. There are many who would say, how awesome to see the Lord in this way. But was that Isaiah's reaction? His reaction was, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In short, he was absolutely terrified. Then there's Peter. Good old Peter. He, his vision of God was a little bit different. God, Jesus, said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And the command did not make sense. But Peter obeyed it anyways. And Peter answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing but, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so that they both started to sink. A little side note here. A, friend, a pastor friend of mine, Pastor John Dostal, sent a study, a paper written on this. Somebody went and, to the effort of taking the dimensions of the boats and what kind of weight it would take to almost swamp them. And the estimate that they come out with is about 62,000 pounds of fish. 62,000 pounds of fish. And then they went further at the time to extrapolate what the fish, if they were of good quality, would earn. 
And then they divided by the four fishermen. And they came out with a number that is approximately with that catch would have given each one of the four 24 to 36 years salary at the unskilled rate, salary rate of that time. 24 to 36 years. That's a miracle. That's something you don't see every day. However, these boats almost swamped and these nets almost breaking. It's not angels making the temple foundation shake with a song, with their song, but it's the glory of God. And so the truth is, this is God in control over his creation. God in control over those fish in that lake. Again, there are many who would say how awesome to be there when these men brought their catches to shore. But what was Peter's reaction? Do you remember? He fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Just like Isaiah, Peter was terrified. You see, there is no pain, there is no terror, nor any other experience in this world that even comes close to the horrible experience of coming into God's holy presence with our sin still intact. Adam and Eve, they ran away and hid. Moses was afraid to look at the burning bush. The children of Israel were terrified at Mount Sinai. Daniel fell on his face, and he did not have the strength to rise. The guards who came to arrest Jesus in Gethsemane and those who guarded the tomb of the risen Lord became like dead men. The presence of the holy God is terrifying to all those who are not holy, to all those who are sinful. The holiness that we need to come into God's presence is something that only he provides. No amount of work on our part can make us holy. In fact, all of our effort only makes us more sinful. And any effort that we put forward to improve our standing in God's eyes is actually an insult to Abba Father. Our holiness must originate with him. An angel brought God's forgiveness to Isaiah. We read that one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Now the coal from the altar in the temple was a coal that was used to burn sacrifices. And this coal pointed forward to the incredible suffering that Jesus would endure for Isaiah on the cross. 
And like the fire in Moses' burning bush, this coal touched Isaiah's lips, but it did not burn him. Instead, it made Isaiah guiltless and holy in the eyes of the Lord. This coal was the holiness that Jesus earned with his perfect life and the forgiveness that Jesus earned with his death on the cross. And Peter received the same forgiveness. He received it directly from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And we know that Peter then experienced three years in the seminary of Jesus Christ, and he was witness to the life and to the death of Jesus and the perfect life and the sacrificial death that saved Peter from his own sin. He witnessed that. Peter witnessed the salvation of our God with his eyes, and he heard it with his ears. God extended his call to both Isaiah and Peter only after they had experienced the terror of their sin in the presence of the holy God and then experienced the relief of God's blessed forgiveness. The terror of sin and the relief of forgiveness that they in turn will preach to their fellow men. They experienced it. So now that Isaiah has forgiveness, he has fellowship with God, and we can hear God's voice. Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Now God's forgiveness changed Isaiah, and now Isaiah wants to become God's servant and to carry God's message to the people. He writes, then I said, here am I, send me. And God shared the most beautiful promise of the Savior through Isaiah. In Isaiah 7, verse 14, you've heard this. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up, and he shall be exalted. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed by our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God gave all these words about Jesus to Isaiah 
700 years before Jesus was born. And Jesus changed Peter the same way, the same way, the same way. Jesus was there and he helped Peter because Peter was terrified. But Jesus comforted him with a call for service. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, I will make you a catcher of men. And Peter would one day become the leader of a church. And God would work through him to save thousands of souls. Now God saves us in the same way that he saved Isaiah and that he saved Peter. He sent his only son, Jesus, to sacrifice himself on the altar of the cross. And Jesus shed his blood so that we can have fellowship with God once again. Now Jesus not only died to forgive us all our sins, but he also rose. The resurrection. That resurrection gives us the promise of eternal life with him in heaven. Now just as Christ lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, we too will live with them forever. And that life, it doesn't start far in the future, but it is already with us. Every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we hear these words. It is indeed right and salutary that we should praise your name and join their unending hymn which is holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. And these are the words that we heard in the Old Testament lesson. These are the words that the angels sing in heaven. Together we join with all the people in heaven and we praise God. And then... We join them in a meal. And in this meal, we share the body and the blood of our Savior, along with all our loved ones in heaven. And God sends his servants. He sends our parents, our teachers, pastors, and other friends to share the good news of salvation with us. Every faithful servant of God begins his ministry on his face, in terror, confessing his sin. Isaiah, confessing his filthy lips. Peter, confessing his sin. Moses, begging God to send somebody else. Daniel, on his face, unable to even move. And the list goes on and on. Every prophet, every apostle, Every faithful pastor and teacher knows for a fact that he is unworthy to stand before God's people and hand out the gifts that God has for them. Every faithful servant of God knows that Jesus had to die on the cross and rise from the dead in order for them to climb into a pulpit to preach or stand behind a lectern to read. And I would have no business, none at all, climbing up into this pulpit if Jesus had not given his life for me 
and then risen up from the dead. But Christ has given his life, and he has risen from the dead. Now, all those who believe in Jesus Christ are like Isaiah and Peter. We have already met God in word, in baptism, and in the Lord's Supper. And God has already shown himself to us, and he has cleansed us from sin. And we have experienced the terror of our own sin. And we have experienced the relief found only in God's forgiveness. Now, like Isaiah and Peter, he works through us to share his story with others. God works through us so that we can say, yes, I know that I am not perfect, but Jesus is. He paid for my sin on the cross, and now I belong to him. He rose from the dead, and so will I also rise from the dead and live with him forever. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Now in this simple way, we can proclaim God's salvation to the people we meet in our lives every day. God will ask some, like Peter and Isaiah, to abandon everything and rely totally on the gospel for their living. And others, like Zebedee and the father of James and John, well, they will remain at their trade and proclaim God's salvation in their everyday lives. And in our day and age, we also have the opportunity to share God's salvation with people all around the world. And one of the ways that we do this is through our live streaming and our podcasts that are on our webpage and also through ministries that we support. God has relief from the sin, from the terror of sin, and that is through forgiveness that Jesus worked for us. And now we can share that gospel with the people in our lives as well as with the people around the world. In the name of Jesus, amen. Call!
stand if you're able. Let's all now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, 
I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you to praise you and thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for your faithfulness, your love, your forgiveness, and your mercies that are new every morning. Please help us to see each day as a blessing. We thank you, Holy Father, for this church family and for Pastor Ken. Please bless him and his family and all pastors that you have ordained to do your will. We thank you, Lord, for your word, which sustains us and gives us hope when we are weak and weary. Lord, we pray that you would bless our nation and its leaders. Please fill us up with your Holy Spirit so that we would be more like your Son, Jesus, our Savior. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to be a people of integrity and a light in this dark world. We thank you, Father, that you are in control of all things. Please keep us safe and in your loving care. Lord, we pray that you would be at the center of all marriages and bless them. God bless those that are single and looking for love. Please be with widows and widowers and those that are lonely. Lord, we lift up those who are facing addictions for the homeless and the displaced. We thank you, Holy Father, for ministries like Victory Outreach that take in the lost and the hurting. Please bless their ministry. Lord, we lift up our unsaved loved ones to you and ask that you would please reveal yourself to them and stir up their faith. Lord, we pray that you would bless all healthcare workers and those that are facing disease in body or mind. Lord, we pray for protection from the COVID virus and ask that you would take it away and heal those who are sick. Lord, we also ask that you would please heal those who are facing cancer and send your comfort to them and grant them your peace, which transcends all understanding. We thank you, Lord, that by Jesus' wounds, we are healed and made whole. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are so good to us, and we love you, and we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace uh, responsibly at a distance. We'll wave today, okay? Will you pray with me? 
Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. A foretaste of the feast to come a means of grace through simple elements that he promises to be in, on, above, below, side by side. He is present here. What makes it special, what makes it holy, what makes it a sacrament is that the word combined with your faith does great works. If that is your profession, then come, the table is prepared.
Christ in him crucified, he did it all, all to him we owe, and all glory is his, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you, may the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily.